0: Everybody. Hi back Hi Becky! You, Beck. you alright? Yes, thank you. Holly, good. So today we're going to be talking. We're revisiting a subject we've already discussed. We're going to be revisiting dyslexia. Um, and if anybody um, managed to listen to our podcast with um, the lovely Leanne talking about her experience as a, a mum for a child with dyslexia and, and the challenges and the successes, it was really really powerful. Um, and Becky, you've been really, really brave and kind to be talking about your experiences today because you're as an adult living with dyslexia. Um, it'd be great to explore how that is you know, as, as a
1: grown-up now. Well, we put that's why I did a, I did the blog for us, didn't I? And we mm-hmm. thought, you know, we should record a podcast as well. So you can head over and have a look at our blog on www.thrivinglanguage.co.uk. Um, but yeah, I'm more than happy to talk about it because I think it what it What it brings is amazing things as well, and a lot lots of frustration, but also some amazing things. I know when we put the blog out, we had some really like lovely conversations with some great practitioners and parents as well and and they yeah. hadn't realized I was dyslexic, so I think well, it's not something you know that I'm hiding, but you know can, can we start in the place of we have that conversation and what actually dyslexia means as a word because I didn't know this because. I've got to be really honest. The word dyslexia really annoys me because I can't spell it. And it it's de- such, a, we,
0: were la- we were we we laughed about it, don't we? Because we were, yeah. we were saying, "Why is there not a C in it?" Because it's
1: dyslexia.
0: So when you say it, you like the spelling doesn't reflect the word, and the word doesn't really reflect what's going on. But we we said, "Well, when you break it down, when you've got a word with dis at the start, it usually means sort of not able to or." like you know disordered or, or you know it, it's it's a challenging so you know you you've got that dyslexia and then lexi- lexicon is is the written form of a word so it's the it's those the letters that you've got so it's that it's that difficulty with Reading is is basically it's the word. difficult words, the written word is, is what that means. But it is it's ironic that the word is a really challenging. It's word.
1: really hard. It's really hard. So yeah, that's my that's my first thing. And also with that, you know, yes, in the true sense, it's it's about reading. But actually, it's so much more than that. So so, and there you again. There's there is a continuum. You can be somewhere you know wherever on each but i think i think for me so i can only talk about for me what it does is say a piece of work that might take somebody who hasn't got dyslexia an hour would take me 5 hours so literally if i can go in on to a zoom meeting and i've got to type in the code i probably need somebody to help me type in the code um and i'm going to be late to the meeting so i would say I would just let everybody know. So if I'm the host of that meeting, I just open it up for everybody and everybody's there before me. And it's not, I, I can do it the same way and after a while it will really, i start to retain it a little bit, but not, it would take ever such a long time. So I'm not being tardy that I'm late for the meeting. It just is a lot harder for me and I will try and get those instructions in before and try and get there a little bit before and take you know sort of take the time to understand what I need to do so I've got to give myself that that is a frustration you know I'm busy I'm a working mum you know got a couple of jobs got different you know I it's the time so I can't for instance you know this is a, a personal thing my little girl is a synchronized swimmer or an artistic swimmer now and I would love to help to coach and do that but to me, all the beats, all the numbers, it's all done in counting and everything. So so again, in some respects, it's to do with reading, but in that way, it isn't. Like, I don't know, they bang, they bang a spoon for the beats. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. You know, she can explain it to me and she can see what they do. But again, I would love to do that. But I can't, so because I can't, then I'll do something else to do with it, but actually physically I'm really good at, at doing stuff, so it's not that I can't do it, and I couldn't do all the moves, I just no. couldn't show you the pattern and understand the pattern of how to do it.
0: That, what's really interesting about that is, is that, you know, we talked, when we were talking to Leanne about her experiences as, as a mum, and we talked about, actually, to lo- lots of children learning different ways and it's it's still interesting that you know whilst perhaps the education system is getting better at, at understanding different brains interestingly in real life there are still because there must be a way of changing that system so that because like you said it's not about intelligence this is no. not for but it's the it's the way that that information is being delivered that your brain you know the dyslexic brain in, in your head is really struggling to make sense of but you could find a different way of doing it I could have the same outcome but maybe that that those so those challenges still exist and I think it'd be really interesting that when you obviously you and I left school a little while ago so I just wondered like you know as a when you were a child going through the schooling you know it, I imagine there were bigger challenges because the condition wasn't really understood and we're still not quite there
1: but, you so know, you remember yeah challenges. <laughs> totally and um, so when we were at school and you know a few everybody who went to my school was it we did a system of ITA and I've got to say I absolutely loved it and there was some elements to it that were all very outdoorsy in the way you learnt and that has stayed with me for life but ITA is basically spelling how I would spell now because I don't understand the how to spell as a dyslexic so basically and it but it had funny letters in the middle and it made perfect sense to me and to my brother who's dyslexic however it was really random anybody wants to have a look at it have a look it's really funny so we did that through infants and then it got then it got stopped it was a whole program so I then turned up at juniors with dyslexia, with being taught a different way, and then, so for me, everything is visual, I can visualise everything, and I can see it, and I can see what's going to happen, and where things are, and it really works really well, but it's just getting, so then I, the first couple of days into juniors, I had a lovely teacher, but she was, she just said to me, your your spelling's awful, it's really (laughs) awful, and I'm like, like, to me, it it wasn't, because I could read it, so Um, Your spelling is really awful. And then when, you know, that horror of having to stand up and read, and then I started to understand that people who'd still done that system with me could then, then had to learn to spell again, but they could learn to spell, but I couldn't. So I think, I think it's those comparable things where, where I just start to think, I, I think you know it did help because I had that support from my parents and yeah. my mum was dyslexic but we wouldn't have known that then you know and my dad was really academically really really clever but my mum would be able to teach me far better than my dad would because because she understood the way I learned and, and yeah. you know
0: it's, just, it's the way information is presented isn't it? definitely That's, it And it is, it's it's not, it is not about intelligence, it's just the brain is operating in a different way. And, and, you know, from my point of view, I see massive, you know, working so closely with you over the last however many years, I see massive benefits to working with your brain as opposed to just working with somebody who had a similar brain to me because it's, for me, it's that creativity and it's that thinking outside the box and I'll make a suggestion and you'll come up with something just totally off the wall, but it really works. I mean, do, do you see, do you see like the benefits? the dyslexic
1: brain oh totally I love it I wouldn't want to be yeah. anybody else as frustrating yeah. as it is I just have to tap in and I tap into that's why we work so well together because I would tap into you and especially you as a speech and language because you know with my dyslexia I can't say the words sometimes and I'll say what's this I'm thinking of this and what is you know and can you write that down and you'll yeah. say so, so we work really well together and I think I think I've probably done that in life and and found people that that empower me rather than disempower me and help me to have confidence rather than don't so and I learned that at senior school as well because they we would again be asked to stand up and, and read and I could tell you I can stand up in front of people and talk that really doesn't worry me but I couldn't stand up there and read and one of the boys was behind me he said exactly the same to our English teacher and I Probably think he was probably dyslexic, you know. And he said, you know, don't ask me to stand and 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 read because I'm not going to do it. And we, we were known as a bit of troublemakers and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm not reading, and that's <laughs> it, because I would no. feel so stupid. So rather than feel stupid, it was much better for me to look cool and say, I'm not doing it, and yeah. and it gave me power inside to go, I'm just not doing it because you're asking me to do something. It's like me asking her to stand on her head and. Like, you know what I mean? And then do a double flip. It's like, you can't do it. Stop asking me to do it. And it makes me, it still makes me cross now because I'm like, the way you teach children should really be around how they learn. So really, she was a lovely lady, but then you know now I think knowing what we all know in schools there is no excuse to be asking children to do that what what does it do when a child can't read it just makes them feel a failure so they're not and and if they're not trying or they're not doing something there is a reason for it because children want to be part of it they want to please they want to be part of the group they don't want to you know like we say what do we always say any behavior is communication and my communication was basically no I'm not doing it because you're not recognizing that I can't do it. So, I'm just going to be a bit like naughty instead.
0: No, no. And actually, I think like you were saying. You know, we as as a team, you and I, we work we work together with it. And we, often we do have a giggle because we know you'll be like, why have I said it like that? Why have I done that? But, and we, but you you sort of own those challenges. And I think. As a child, that's quite hard to do, and, and you were clearly very empowered by your parents and, and, and yourself to be able to go no. Um, but as an adult now, and there might be people listening to this in the work in the workplace mm. that still feel a sense of shame or still say they have to hide their difficulties. What would you say to those? I would
1: say every single time, own it. Just own it. I, you know, I've been in these. I don't know if anybody knows what they are, but it, it's like sort of periodical review meetings for university. So you're basically looking at what the whole university in one area of early years, say, which I was in, was, is doing. And, you know, uh, loads of paperwork, loads of stuff. And I just went to the gorgeous chair of the meeting. And I just went over to her and said, because you all ask questions of these panels. And I just said, can I just ask you again, what you're wanting me to what what are you wanting me to ask so because it'd be like it would be fired off it'd be like can you do this 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 and this and I'd write it down and I'd look at my notes and think I think I know what she means but I need to go back and check so just always go back and check and never ever ever be afraid to ask a question because when you don't understand and loads of us don't understand, just go go and ask you won't be the only person that doesn't understand but you might be the only person that's like confident enough or brave enough just to ask so I, I tend to say it up front and I don't use the sexy as an excuse I use it because it's part of my brain and that's how I work so I can bring loads and loads of creative ideas and lots of whatever you know but I've got to be able to understand it so it just might take me a little bit longer to understand it but when I do understand it I'm probably going to come up with some sort of really good solution that you know and when I I work with, like I've got this theory and you know this, that, that, that yeah. there's a lot more people in early years who are dyslexic because one we might start off in early years you might go down that hair and care route you know and just like there's nothing wrong with that that's amazing if that's what suits you go and do it and actually we've got so many creative people in early years and look at you know we were talking about this and this is another blog everything and all the jobs we have to do or another podcast all the jobs we have to do in early years you've got to be creative to do all these things and work out ways and lead teams and so I think that's you know, there might be a reason why lots of dyslexic people have come into early years. But actually, it might be why early years is so awesome. So dynamic.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: but I, th- um, I just think, just say, just say it and just... Don't be embarrassed because I, I did go through a stage of being embarrassed, you know. And I and I used to copy my, my friend. I had one of my really best friends who sat by me at school, like sort of got two really gorgeous friends, Linda and Sally, that were there. And just they were the cleverest people ever, and they just lovely. But they were really kind, and I'd always be trying to copy Sal or Linda's work, and they would help me. You know, they would they did help me, but I did feel, you know, not particularly with them because they were like I did feel that there were a lot more cleverer people in that room than me. But I just thought, do you know what, I, I suppose I just, I thought I'm going to have to not care about it. And I'm just going to have to copy their work. So it, I didn't learn loads doing it. But I did have a really good, fun social time at school. <laughs> <laughs> and and like you said, it, it's
0: not about cleverness, is it? It's the fact that the information is presented in a way that doesn't work for you. Yeah. And I think that's
1: the biggest thing, isn't it, to understand. It's
0: like, don't you're not the cleverest person in the room it, you know whoever's delivering the information is not getting that right it, yeah it, then it, it, I think that's
1: so I think that's really true and i would say tap into what you're really good at because at school i was always really good at citizenship um you know we've got i've come from a i come from a family of like policing and nursing and things like that so our community spirit and our understanding of what society is was really in sort of in, built into me I think so yes. citizenship I was amazing at and childcare I was amazing at so you know I did I did all the stuff and actually funny enough English I was I didn't get for me I got really good results for for English literacy because I love I absolutely love English um but you know I probably if if the d- dyslexia had been diagnosed earlier I would have been able to do I would have been able to go to university earlier and do that stuff but I just did it when I needed to do it so That's-
0: done it in a way that suits you and you've done that you know you've had your family and you've established your career and then you've gone and done all those extra learning and now you're writing books you're published author you're working with two universities it's like yeah okay you might have been the kid that was refusing to read out in class but it hasn't stopped you now as an adult achieving all those brilliant things
1: no and I think if you if you Oh my gosh, that's me really quite emotional. <laughs> I just, like, I think if you went back and said to that child, then you know this is what that's you're doing. That. I would have been no way. And I'm, no. I feel so privileged to to be able to do that. You know, yeah. and actually I do think just being honest is what, like we said, you know what got us through writing books is chocolates, blueberries, having a laugh, and being honest, isn't it? So, I so I would I say my me. biggest thing is please be honest and please be who you are. So,
0: Oh, that's. Sexy. Thank
1: you so much. I feel emotional. <laughs> oh, that oh, thanks, Beth.